0: everybody welcome again to the rockman power hour this is our third episode of this awesome project that we've kicked off and uh, we want to thank you so much for your support it's been heard it's been seen and uh, and it's appreciated um this is this has been an absolute dream of mine to do uh ever since i started interviewing people and ever since i started having conversations with interesting people so to be able to do this in a long format and share it with you every week is um is an absolute dream so again thank you for subscribing. Thank you for getting the word out. And uh, we look forward to having all of you on this journey with with us as we continue it. But I wanted to take a minute and thank our sponsor for this week, pophardcase.ca. Now, if you're someone who collects pops, and there's a lot of us out there that do, Funko Pops, like this one over here, they're great, they're beautiful, but they need to be protected, especially if you're looking at one that might be a limited edition exclusive. And the folks at pophardcase.ca have made these incredible cases that fit pops absolutely perfectly. Look at this. You drop it in like that. You put this on the top and away you go. You are protected. You are in good shape and your collectibles will stay nice and damage-free for years to come. So check out pophardcase.ca. Every pop that I own is in one of these, and I cannot stress enough how awesome they are. So go check them out. And if you go to their website today and use my discount code ROCKMAN15, you'll get 15% off of your entire order, and it is not limited. You can order as many as you want. So thanks again to this week's episode sponsor, pophardcase.ca. I want to welcome my co-host, Ryan Stick with me. Uh, Ryan, what's going on, bud?
1: Hey, I'm really looking forward to getting going back to the 80s, man. Really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. We're
0: going we're gonna to do that this week, and uh, we're going to go back there in a big way. This is crazy, Ryan, because I've been chasing this interview for about, well, I've been chasing it hard for about six months
1: okay. to get
0: this guest on the podcast. Um, um but I've been chasing the chance to talk to them for about three years since their last album came out. Uh, And then when Duran Duran um, announced that this new album was going to come out, um, their publicist reached out to me and some of the people that work with their, um, with their label in Canada. And they said, would you be interested in talking to someone from Duran Duran? And I was like, absolutely. So the fact that we, got John Taylor to be our guest this week on the podcast is unbelievable for me. I've been a Duran Duran fan ever since I'm 12 years old. Um, I remember going to see them at the Montreal Forum in 1983 or 1984 on the Seven and the Ragged Tiger Tour, and uh, I never thought I would be speaking to John Taylor, And, uh, and today we've managed to get him on the podcast. Now, are you a Duran Duran
1: fan? Uh, dude, I gotta say I'm a Duran Duran in a garden variety poser type of way where okay. I'm aware of them and I know their music, but you said something in the interview that you're going to, uh, go talk about later, but I, w- I just want to go a little deeper in that. What was it like being a kid in the eighties and being a Duran Duran fan when it was kind of not cool as a as a dude to like Duran Duran. I I gotta know about that because you're you're an individual who does what you want. So I'm yeah. uh, was a was a 13 year old rockman the same guy I see in front of me today, or were there some growing pains there? Well,
0: listen, I I I loved Duran Duran. Um, I was a fan of Duran Duran, but there was definitely some guys in my high school that did not like Duran Duran. They thought that they were a bunch of pretty boys. They thought they were, um, they weren't hard enough. You know, there was the guys that liked metal and there, there, there was people that liked alternative music, but a lot of people felt Duran Duran wasn't alternative enough. They were too this, they were too that, but I always liked them because I always thought that they had incredible songs and they always looked great. And they always looked like they were having the best time ever. I mean, if you watched a Duran Duran video, um, you know, for the video for rio i mean they're on this sailboat in the middle of this beautiful location with beautiful women surrounding them wearing cool clothes singing um as this thing's racing through um some beautiful sea somewhere in the mediterranean what's there not to like but i think the hate that came um towards duran duran from a lot of guys was just pure jealousy i mean (laughs) right Oh, for sure
1: For sure. Uh, Dude, I I couldn't watch a Leonardo DiCaprio movie for years just based on how every girl in my grade just worshipped him. And I was just like, well, what's this guy got? And then later on, I could just really appreciate he's an amazing actor. But yeah, I couldn't get past the pretty boy jealousy back then
0: see, I never had that. I was always, I always just, I always just liked their music. And what I like about Duran Duran is they, they went through a lot of trials and tribulations as a band. Um, They went through a period where they were super hot and then they were super cold, but they stayed together as a unit. Um, At least the three core members did. Some people left, some people came back, but they've endured and they've always put out quality music and they've never been scared to kind of not reinvent themselves, but to try new things. So every time Duran Duran puts out a new record, I'm excited. And, um, and I'm really excited about this new album. Um, I've had a chance to listen to it. It is exactly what you would want from Duran Duran. So the chance to talk to John Taylor on this podcast is a dream come true for me and I'm not going to hide it. I mean, I was very, very not nervous in a bad way, but I had great, you know, when you talk to someone and there's someone you genuinely like and you get, you get this good nervous energy. That's exactly what I had the day leading up to this interview. So, um, I, I, I was like a little kid. I was was really, really excited.
1: Awesome, man. So Uh, you want to check out this interview now or should we uh, leave the folks waiting? I don't know. I
0: I think we should, uh, we should go right to our guest right now. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this conversation with John Taylor of Duran Duran. All right, uh, really, really happy to have with me on the Rockman Power Hour um, a guy whose band I've loved for years, and uh, and it's just I got to tell you, it's an honest, honestly a big, big pleasure to be chatting with you today, Mister John Taylor. How are you? I'm
2: good, Jason. Thanks.
0: Um, so my era of Duran Duran is '83. Uh, I mean, I was so I was 12 years old. So you imagine a 12 year old kid how you know how how much of an impression a band like Duran Duran makes on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was a group of kids. That if you like Duran Duran and you were a guy, you were a loser. But if you were smart, you like Duran Duran because all the girls like Duran Duran. But but there was so much more to this band than just um, this thing that everybody got caught up with. At the root of it were some incredible musicians writing really, really good songs. And what I love about Duran Duran is that the, as time has has gone on, that's what people are looking back on more are the songs. You know, the whole mania that everyone got caught up with is kind of gone off to the side and people are realizing that, you know, you were a monster bass player. Simon was an incredible singer. Um, Nick was a great composer. So just that whole unit was just great musicians. So happy to have you here today with me. Um, and I just wanted to let you know all that stuff. I the feel back.
2: the interview's done. I think you've said everything that, <laughs> that I was going to say. I'll just let you go on about your day. <laughs> so, so let me ask you: sitting here,
0: where you're at now, um, putting out a new a new album, how does it feel to to release a record like Future Past now?
2: Yeah, I, I, albums are not never been easy to make. You know, they're they they're they're always challenging. You know, uh, there's a there's a belief, a core belief that we have in each other. And the the possibilities that we have that that are there every time we go into the studio, but you know it's 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 a it's a mountain to climb. I mean, you know, in a, in a creative sense, you know. Right. Um, <clears throat> so you know, when we get to when we get to the end, you know, we have that that thing, you know. And I'm still kind of into, you know, atomic product. You know, when we have that thing, and we can hold that that vibe, bit of vinyl or that yeah. CD you know, it's, it still feels good. You know, that's, that's the business that I'm in is, you know, churning out, you know, that stuff. And, and, and when we all kind of can feel good about what we've, uh, what we've created together, you know, then it's, it's, it's worthwhile.
0: And you guys have been on a pretty good run of, of, been fairly consistent with releases i mean um you know paper gods 2015 i know it's been a bit of a a, a bit of a stretch between those two but i think it would have yeah. this one would have come out quicker if the world wouldn't have fallen off of the uh the axis
2: yeah <laughs> i mean it, strangely enough i think the album was a lot has turned out better for for the break that um, we took we were march of last year we were we were aiming at a summer release, um, right? really, really, you know, all hands on deck trying to get the thing finished, but really at each other's throats. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't a fun, wasn't a fun time. And, um, you know, and fate intervened and, you know, everyone went home. We went into lockdown for about nine months. Um, you know, nothing was really done, you know, going back to the music, um, after that time, you know, and the experiences that we'd all had, um, I don't know. I feel like I went back to the project a different person. I mean, it was it was not possible to get through last year without changing in some way. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it just made you look at your life differently and, 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 and you know, put things in, in a different perspective. And I feel like when I went back to the album, I had a much more pragmatic um, sense of, listen, we've this is a this is our job. We have to you know, we have to get this done. You know, we've got to be part of the recovery um you know i mean you know i was in america for most of last year and uh you know i really came to appreciate like you know what live music does for you know what what music of any kind does for people yeah it's a great leveler it brings everybody together you know and you know and we we need to have things that we can come together over dumb things like dumb songs that we can dance to dumbly
1: you know
2: (laughs) each (laughs) other stupidly and it's okay you know, and it's okay to right. vote for the other guy, you know, we can have that moment together. It's a very humanizing sort of moment. Um, so I kind of felt like, you know, let's just, you know, let's, I don't know, let's just get it done. And um, so, you know, then we, we came back together around about Christmas of last year and um, and we just knuckled down and um, you know, and it's, and it's good to be a part of, if you feel, I, I think it's almost impossible not to feel part of this zeitgeist in a way, yeah. Um, yeah. just because, you know everything is so intense culturally right now. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, um, so you know, and I and I feel that th- this album does have a place in it. You know, I mean, we didn't. You know, and this is by no means is this a knock at Sir Elton, but we didn't have to put ourselves in masks on the cover of this album. But I feel that like the COVID experience is is sewn into the DNA of the album in a way.
0: I think like a lot of music that's been recorded and and and. Um, troubling times, it does come across. I mean, you know, you look at all the stuff that came out in the late sixties um, there was so much stuff that was going on culturally politically. It, and it's, it's, it's almost like we've got a snapshot of that era. And I think this COVID you know, situation that we've been in a lot of the music that's going to come out that is, you know, was made before during and after is all going to have a bit of that effect on it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important what you're saying, you know, like this, this is what people need now. And and it's amazing how everyone went back to the things that comforted them. You know, we've all been, you know, music's kind of been, let's, let's face it. Music's kind of been um, put to the side a bit. I mean, it's always important, but the value of music, you know, has just been devalued a bit, but I noticed a lot of people went back to saying, wait, this is important. This is what gets us through hard times. This is what, this is what brings us together. So yeah, there's been, there's, it's almost like music's been put back under the microscope in a positive way.
2: Is that because we, Add more time. I think, I think so. And I think it's also, it
0: might be because, you know, I know a lot of people that would dig out that were digging out boxes of stuff during the last couple of years, digging through memories, spending time with family members, having conversations face to face. um, And just being able to talk about other things besides what place they needed to get to next. So, I mean, I think music is important with memories. It's important with uh, again, timestamps on, on air times of your life. So yeah, I think it's, it's a good time to be a music fan again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, also we found that was interesting. A lot of the songs on the album, I mean, unusually Mm. for you know, are kind of about intimacy issues, long-term relationship issues. You know, I was tempted to say identity politics, but not really. But um, (laughs) but it just sounded good. Um, You know, you know, and 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 that really came out of like, you know, something that Simon was living with before we went into lockdown. Mm. Then when we came back to review uh it, they seem to really speak to to what was going on songs like invisible for instance right it's on future past um a, a lot of what is going on is really like you know asking each other you know who are we what have we become you know who are we to each other you know really sort of like staring at each other you know eyeballing each other and trying to understand i mean you know it, it seems to me like it, it doesn't matter how long you live with someone you know you still wake up in the morning you go who are you yeah, you know, yeah. because you're like and who am I yeah. you know <clears throat> because we're changing all the time and, and and last year was like an acceleration of all of that yeah. you know we, we were asking so many questions of ourselves and I was really and again it, and you know it's like it, it wasn't like that the album was written to that but when we looked at the themes and the subjects and the lyrics that we had thus far when we came back to finish the album we were like wow you know really like let's lean into this whereas uh, whereas perhaps be, perhaps before we might have been is this a little heavy for Duran Duran you know do we need to get a little lighter yeah and it just felt like no this is this is good you know this is uh th- this is right this is right for now
0: yeah. And and, that, and and it's true because um, Paper Gods had a really fun vibe to it. It was really, really a fun, fun record. And Future Past does feel a little bit more. Um, I can, now, now that you're saying that, I get it. Because you know, when I when I listen through the, the record, and I mean, it just comes out like first three songs, like bang, bang, bang. It's just, you know, it hits you over the head. And then it kind of goes, uh, it, it tapers off a little bit in terms of, you know, tempo and stuff. You know, th- then again, it, this goes back to what we were saying. Everything is going to have affected this music. And there's a reason why it might have come out the way it did.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, when, um, you know, I guess when we were into three, four months into into COVID, I mean, I, I, I remember thinking there wasn't like artists, <clears throat> musicians, whomever didn't seem to respond. There didn't seem to be an immediate response. To no, me. no. <clears throat> In fact, at one point, the only artists that had responded, I think Dylan put out like a 10 minute long song. And the yeah, Stones yeah. put out like a seven minute long song. Yeah. You know, they were the only artists. Yeah, right. You know, right. and um, but you know, it's it it does take a while, you know, for things to sort of gestate, you know, and 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 sort of, you know, I don't know, condense if you like, uh, before but, something of sort of real value gets gets said. You know, it's it's also like everybody's having such different feelings, you know, Mm. know, even in conversation, right. You know, you're you're loathe to tell someone how you're feeling about things because they could be feeling entirely differently. I think, I think everybody's, you know, we're we're all so sensitive at the moment, you know, because we're all sort of, we're all kind of inside ourselves a little bit more than usual. And uh, at least I know I am. Yeah. (laughs) and,
0: And it's true what you said, you know, I remember being kid and when there were these big things that would happen, the musicians would band together and there would something, you know, we'd have a, we are the world. We would have, we would have something that would come together and would band everyone together. And you'd feel like the musicians were there. Um, but that was kind of lacking a bit this year. I didn't feel like someone, you know, where's our anthem for COVID where's our, right. you know, where's our, we're going to get through this. Um, so, yeah. And, and I don't know if that speaks to the, the era that we're living in where everyone is really wrapped up in themselves, but I know from my point of view, um, I'm used to living a certain way where people say, look, you've got to follow this, this guideline and you got to trust it and it's going to be okay. And you don't know how things are going to end up, but you just kind of have a little, have to have a little bit of faith. So for me being locked down and being told, well, you got to do this, 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 I had no issue with it. Cause I'm used to following directions. <laughs> so I, I, I was, I was like, Hey, I'm going to just take this downtime as, as time to, to maybe spend a bit more time with my kids. Maybe, maybe, you know, dig into some music. I haven't been been able to listen to, maybe watch some movies I haven't seen. So it worked out for me, but I know a lot of people had a lot of issues with it.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you were really uh, proactive with the bass tutorials. And this was really neat because you're a monster bass player. Let's face it. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, I, you maybe pe- you might get left out of the conversation sometimes, but you're a really good bass player. And to be able to break down some of those bass lines from some of those songs for, for bass players, I'm sure was a treat. How much fun did you have doing that?
2: Yeah. Well, I had fun until it start, Until it wasn't fun anymore. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it started out, you know, I mean, my wife and I were doing them together. I mean, she was, she was, she was filming it. And, mm. and, um, you know, I'd never really, I, I never really felt like I had the technique to do a serious master class, but I liked the idea of, of sort of creating a narrative mm. around around a song and sort of, you know, and as a you know, as I, as I was saying, I would preface it by saying, you know, this is about the the, the creation of a song from the perspective of the bass man, yeah. you know, and, and what role I played in the, you know, in, in how the song came, kind of came together. And um, it was really interesting and it, it definitely... Uh, it helped me understand the songs I came away from the songs actually with a with a, a new level of respect for like the parts that Nick had come up with or what Roger was doing and you know but but of course typically you know I, I, perhaps over ambitious I decide you know each week I would launch the the tutorial with a with a with a, uh, Instagram live with a, with a, a you know, with a, a guest that yeah. I'm doing interview with. And then, I, I mean, I'm sure you, you understand this, you know, after a few weeks, it all became about, you know, who can we get next week? Who can sure, we get? Of next course. Week? You know, well, why didn't you call so-and-so? why don't you call? And I'm like, Oh man, you know, I don't want to be, that's not what I want to be doing. I mean, I did six, I think, you know, and they were like, uh, they were each, they were like a little meal in yeah. themselves. <laughs> and, um, Uh, And then it was like, you know, done next move on. You know, it, it definitely served, you know, I felt I had, I had COVID quite early on and uh, I had COVID kind of before it became as scary as it became. And so I felt it sort of beheld me to put some bit of positivity out there and say, Hey, look, I had it and I'm functioning. And I'm like, you know um, so I wanted to do something that, you know, that, gave to that fund if you like um but yeah it was it, you know it was, it was good to do
0: um you've you worked with Niall many times um I, obviously you're you're a fan of Niall's work uh what was the what was it like when you first started working with nile um was it intimidating at all was it just I mean no was it just immediate <laughs> tell me I want to know
2: I mean there's nobody like I mean I've never worked with Quincy Jones but right. you know, I yeah. imagine you know I mean, Niall and and Bernard also, but mm. <clears throat> Niall's like one of the easiest men in the world to get along with.
0: He know? seems it. He seems like he's pretty genuine.
2: Uh, and, and, you know, his, his approach in the studio is quite simply, you know, I'm the shit I'm happening. If you're in the room with me, our shit is happening. <clears throat> okay. There you go. It's never a struggle. It's never a struggle. Uh, there's nothing ruminatory. You know. Yeah. I've, I've worked with a lot of other producers where there's a lot of a lot of this going on. Yeah. You know, chin scratching. Um, but um, but not with Niall. He's, you know, doom 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 doom. You know. Um, and when we first uh we first worked with him on the the music that became the notorious album and and, and God did we need him because the, the band was in a state of disarray you know right. We didn't i mean we knew roger had sort of stepped away um we didn't really know what andy was doing he was messing us around you know we didn't know whether he was coming back or what but we knew, simon nick and i you know knew we, we wanted to get back on track and get, mm. and get back in the groove of making a new duran duran record and um you know and Nile as the producer on those sessions was just I mean, just fantastic. I mean, we couldn't have wanted for someone better. And the connection was genuine, mm. you know, and we were young when we made that connection. You know, I was, you know, I mean, when I connected with Sheik's music, um, you know, when everybody else was, you know, into punk, yeah, you know, and and this little light bulb went off with me, you know, and I listened to I forget whether it was everybody dance or one of those songs, and I thought. I like this as much as I like Anarchy in the UK. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and what's more, like I can hear that, and and, and it guided me towards bass playing, you know? Mm. And, and, you know, and and little did I know that that was going to sow the seed for a relationship that was going to, you know, last for the rest of my life, you know? And there was something so cool about us being these guys from the Midlands of England that have, that were able to connect with, you know, the kings of New York, dance music you yeah know. yeah and and, and he, he
0: and he really brought a, a funky dancy side out of the band that's kind of stayed there since
2: well yeah i mean the first thing he did with this actually was the remix for the reflex, mm. which was the sort of third single off the third album it was like the third album was kind of like you know it wasn't doing as well as rio had been doing it was like it was like the the ship was kind of you know yeah. have we lost it you know and um you know you're as good as your most recent single you know when you're in that phase. and um and uh we asked him to um to do a remix of the reflex and uh you know and he just like i mean he just he moved music forward a little bit with that he, he
0: yeah. slaughtered that, that mix it was, it was amazing. amazing he
2: just got the <laughs> synclavio which was this you know next level sampling tool Black, 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 black. You know, <laughs> and 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 so for him, it was like, oh, this will be a really fun opportunity for me to test out the yeah. Um and um, yeah, I mean, you know, the rest is Duran Duran history, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, so then New Notorious, which was, oh, I think we did Wild, Yeah, then we did Wild Boys with him as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, and 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 I've maintained, we've maintained a uh, friendship and a uh, you know and love respect you know, with him ever since he's a remarkable, remarkable individual.
0: Uh, it was, it was on seven in the ragged tiger that I saw you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember uh, there was some kind of an effect that happened where it was, it was almost like in the reflex video with the water. I, I remember mm-hmm. you guys did something and it was, so, i have never seen anything like that live. There was mm-hmm. something that happened in front of the stage and it was just like, it blew my mind. And and you guys tended to to really push the envelope live as well. I mean, th- there's a very, very big visual aspect to this band. Let's face it. I mean, this band pushed, you know, not only did you push music, but you pushed the, you know, what you could do with a band visually. I, and, I, and I think it almost went from, you know, the Beatles did it, and then you guys did it. And there was, and there was a real big gap in between. I'm ta- and I'm talking the visual aspect of the band. You guys. Yeah.
2: Well, I think there's, a, there's an art school element to, to, what we, to what we do, you know, and that we always have done. Um I don't know. I mean, I've always been attracted to music, you know, like that myself, you know, mm. the, the artists and that 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 have a strong um visual signature, if you like. Um, you know, or the glam bands that I got into when I was a kid, you know, Bowie and Roxy Music Queen, you know, and then subsequent, I mean even punk rock actually, you know, yeah. at the time was incredibly visual. I mean, oh, yeah. The, the clothes that those guys were wearing at the, the that the Sex Pistols were that Vivian Westwood was making, that the, you know, that the, the Clash were paint splattering their clothes with paint a la Jackson yeah. Pollock. I mean, there was always a super strong visual identification. Um, so, you know for us, that was always going to be, that was always going to be a big part. I always loved uh, projections. Yeah. You know, I mean, we used to go and see the Human League and they were doing this, like they were having these project- projections going on, which was, I think they'd gotten from like the Velvet Underground or, yeah. you know, something like that. And so all of these things, you know, were always going to be a part of of our presentation. That's just, it's who we are. It's the way we were raised.
0: <laughs> and, and, it, and it's continued with the band too. I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it has. Nice. I mean, I mean, I mean, i i i mean fortunately we're a creative crew i mean i you know like nick is very very uh creative he's very hands-on mm. when it comes to screen content for example you know he's you know you can almost let him get on with that and you know he'll check back in and say oh i thought what do you think about that or that and he's got it um you know i tend to get to the end of an album for me, like album, making albums, right. The writing and recording of the albums are exhausting, exhausting. Right. and I get to the end and somebody's saying, what are we going to do for a video? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> so so
0: that's never been really your department. You just kind of always yeah. gone with the flow.
2: I mean, but I, actually I've never been that. I've never really cared that much. Right. Um, I've always thought, you know, I mean, I'll, you know what do they say? You know, like the music is the hill that I will die on. Right. You know? But like the videos, packaging are not. You know, yeah. I know that it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm not leaving it to, you know, any old schnook. You know, I know that those guys, Nick, Nick in particular, is going to do a great job, and uh, you know, it's really, it's really important to him. I mean, you know, and you know, we there's a lot of like, I mean. Actually, I'm I'm thinking about it, just as we were as we were as we were agreeing on the the, the album art. Oh, he reaches for his final copy, but you know this this uh, this album artwork. Like, oh my god! I mean, talk about there was food thrown. I mean, I say metaphorically, yeah, food was thrown across the room as we were like discussing and trying really? to agree on on what uh, <laughs> on, on what it was going to be. But uh, oh man, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. You know, because. Well, it's very personal, isn't it? You know, sure. it's very personal. I mean, and and you know, we don't make a lot of albums. It's not like we're churning out shit. You know, yeah. you know you're like, not
0: a, you're not an album a year kind of band. You no, so
2: so when you do, you know, when you do put something out, you want it to be, you want to feel proud of it. You know, you want to be able to stand by it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and everybody's got an opinion.
0: Has there ever been a, a visual aspect to the band or a component that's come out that's that exists in the universe now that drives you crazy? There's yeah. got to be something, <laughs> there's got to be a, a 12 inch single, a, C, a CD max single, something.
2: Oh man. I don't like the, uh, you know, I don't like the military uniforms. Uh, it was around about uh tail end of the first album. Right. You know, that's, that's one that like, if I could like have that, you know, like X out of the, out of history,
0: I'd <laughs> you like would do it. Um, how did you feel when these came around? Oh, you know, funnily enough i was in i a, have all of them by the way you sit, you sit well, right next to you sit right next to swan from the warriors so
2: that's so funny i was in uh i was in a record store in um in austin texas mm. and they had like they had like 20 and they were all andy <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you did they did did funko send you a set
2: yeah oh, no, i don't know i don't think i've got a set but you got I you. I, have, I think I've got two of me somewhere. Although I probably, <laughs> probably passed them on.
0: Did ha, did you, did you guys have a laugh? I mean, how much did you guys have to do with that? Or was it just like they came I think, to you? I think this? we
2: had about this much to do with it. Yes. Fine. Send. But
0: did you have, <laughs> did you have a laugh when you got it? I mean, it is kind of cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I guess it is. I mean, you know, I, I mean, we did a lot of fun stuff when we were, yeah. when we were growing up, you know, I right. mean, you know, board games and stuff. I mean, there was a lot of merch back. Oh in, yeah, back in the eighties. You know, and and merch that we had no control over. You know, stuff that was just just happening at the time. Um, and uh, I'll come up. I'll come up for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's all good. All good. This is the beautiful uh, thing about doing
2: stuff at home, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we there, was, there was so much great stuff, and I, and I and I certain things that I I really like like the board game, for instance, you right. Know, I,
0: yeah. I still can't find one of those,
2: <laughs>
0: but, but listen, um, I, I'm, I'm excited because, um, you know, I'm glad you guys are still making music. I'm glad you guys are, you all seem to be in a really good place as a band for the last little while. And it seems like every band that I speak to that gets a second round or a second shot at it, um, or, or a new appreciation for it, that, that kind of weather that storm and come out on the other end, all kind of say the same thing. We're just appreciative that we can still do it. So, yeah. um, yeah, I would,
2: say that. I would say that for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, nobody, you know, it, we so love to, you know, change the narrative, you know, from with hindsight, but I mean, you know, I think we would all, all agree that we had no, no clue, and, and, and probably wouldn't even felt we would deserve it of, you know, a career of this length, you know, I mean, we were yeah. And I mean, we had what it took to make a, to make an impact, you know, in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, really the career has been, you know, like that period that we were discussing earlier, where two men, two members of the band, two out of five, just fall away. Yeah. leaving Three going, Holy shit. What are we going to do now? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you and, know, and figuring out how to, how to survive saying, yeah. you know, what? we're not, we're not going to, uh, you know, and, and somehow by, you know, uh someone said to us just by sheer bloody mindedness sometimes you know but you know sometimes that's all you've that's all you've got you know and
0: you know the, the and i know it was very very short but that period you spent with the power station i mean that was a
2: monster band
0: that was yeah. a monster band
2: so well it was um, a monster record for sure <sighs> you know, the yeah it was really fantastic
0: um, yeah. Thank you for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It's nice to connect and I wish you nothing but continued success and continue doing what you guys do because you you bring a lot of joy and you really help people out, not only over the years, but especially over the last little while. I've talked to so many people that have gone back to old Duran Duran records. Mm-hmm. I've had conversations, you know, my kids grew up on it and they're 14 and 17. So when I told them I was talk, chatting with you today, they were pretty excited. So it it whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. So continue right. doing it.
2: I appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Thank you.
1: how cool is that what a nice guy man seriously like i i have no leonardo dicaprio pretty boy hatred for him at all no
0: <laughs> and he you know listen he he's really nice okay yeah and he and i think he's he's very aware that he's you know he's he's in a legendary band that a mm. lot of people um still hold very very near and dear to them so um it was really, really fun to talk to John Taylor and his reaction when he saw his pop was hilarious. (laughs) It was like, he could tell he was a little uncomfortable with it. And I'm sure when I'm sure when Funko approached them and said, uh, we'd like to do pops of Duran Duran, I'm sure they were just like, what the hell? is?" (laughs) You could tell that it was just like, but you know, that's the thing with them, with a lot of bands, you know, bands like kiss bands that were heavily marketed, there, I mean, when that license was, was made available to, to people, I mean, everyone was just, they were pushing stuff out for these bands, everything, lunchbox. I mean, you name it, they were doing it. So
1: let's not forget that board game you guys were talking about, which now I think is some legendary board game. I've never heard of a Duran Duran board game, but I have no doubt in my mind that they probably had Duran Duran underpants and toilet paper and everything else during their heyday.
0: I, I, I was kind of hoping that when we finished the interview, he was going to go. Let me get your address. I'll send you one of those board games. But that didn't I happen. Uh, I did want to take a second, though, again to thank our sponsor for this week's episode, and it was perfect because you know we did talk about Funko Pops during our interview. Um, we have got the opportunity again to um, to thank PopHardcase.ca, and as you see, this is the John Taylor Pop that I had in the interview with myself and John. Um, it is in. It's hard case, and uh, these are great. So, if you're ever looking to protect your pops, I cannot recommend pophardcase.ca enough. And if you go to their website right now and use my code ROCKMAN15, you will get 15% off of your entire order. Um, and that code will be there for quite a while. So, take advantage of it and uh, feel free to protect your pops because. We all know, Ryan, when these things get shelved after a while, um, what they do is they pull them out of production and then yeah. they get vaulted and then pops go up and they go up and they go up. So to have them in a hard case like this, it's the simplest thing to put on and off, um, but it just gives you peace of mind. If there's ever anything that happens in your house, you're protected with a pop hard case from pophardcase.ca. So thanks again for being a part of this week's episode. Uh, Ryan, Ryan you know we we've we've talked about Duran Duran um mm. a little bit but for you after listening to that um did it make you want to go out and and listen to more of their catalog what did it do to you
1: well i first of all i checked out his the duran duran official youtube page in which all these space tutorials are and uh it was really cool to hear the parts but at the same time when i listened to duran duran I can pick out instruments, but yeah. now I really focused on the bass playing, and then remembered that back in the day it was analog, and he had to get it right yeah. so all these monster bass lines he was playing, especially in rio there's a lot of bass playing he going is on in a Rio great bass player he really, really is like what what a talent, what an underrated talent and another thing I really liked about um, Duran Duran is I always assumed that they were like this one hit wonder and hungry like a wolf was their thing. But yeah. then as I, as I was doing some research and I type in Duran Duran, the first song I see is Come Undone. And that has 128 million views as opposed to Hungry Like a Wolf that has 13 million views. So come undone is their biggest song ever. And I had no idea. So that's pretty amazing. Cause they are definitely not a one hit wonder. Oh no, if that's the case. No, no, no. They're, they're definitely
0: all. a career band. They've always put out good records and, um, and they're great mm. live. I mean, I've seen them live probably five or six times and they okay. always, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen them quite a few mm. times. So they always put, to, they always put on a good show and, um, it was just an absolute pleasure to have them on the show. So I, uh, I want to thank again, everyone that helped make that happen. Um, the folks over at 6 media um and just it was it was great so i i'm i'm very excited that we were able to have john with us and um and it just sets the table for everything else that we're going to be doing on this show we've got some really crazy crazy people lined up crazy. for uh, the next few weeks it's nuts
1: so <laughs> you just told me who they are i'm just like oh my god
0: i know yeah i know so um I I again uh thank you so much for for joining us. Uh it, it's so much fun to be able to hang out with you every week. Uh please do me a favor, okay? Make sure you subscribe. Um, make sure you knock off that little bell that'll tell you when a new episode is up on YouTube. And if you're streaming this, um, on your uh, podcast streaming device just subscribe and make sure you get alerted we put up new episodes every friday at 12 o'clock and um and we're excited to be doing this we're excited to have you on this journey with us again i would like to thank our guest john taylor i'd like to thank my co-host ryan stick who is um i need you here next to me man if, if you're not here it's like uh, i don't know it's just not the same
1: i'm so. just in the background playing with buttons <laughs> that don't exist
0: no, but it's, but it's, it's always good to have you here. And, uh, and I'm looking forward yes. to having you more involved with some of our guests as we have them on, uh, I want to thank, uh, our producer, Julia Kujerski for helping us out with everything. Uh, I want to thank DMC and my friend, uh, Brett for, uh, that great theme song and, uh, and for everyone else involved and, uh, our sponsor for this week's episode, none other than pophardcase.ca. make sure that you get a pop and you slam it into one of their cases because then you can rest at night knowing it will be perfect and in pristine shape and use my code ROCKMAN15 to get 15% off. That's pophardcase.ca. Until next week, um, I'm Jason Rockman and this is my co-host, Ryan Stick. This is the Rockman Power Hour and thank you for joining us and we'll see you soon.